0: Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap. You're listening to the only show that's number one with egg and spooners and excellent spooners. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No cap.
1: How are you, King? Oh, doing fine. A little, a little tired. A little, having a little lazy Sunday.
0: I would, I would often call you a layabout. That's how I would describe you. Mm. A lathe. I'm joking. You're always on your hustle and your grind. You know, I got that grind set. You do got that grind set. Mm-hmm. You know what joke was funny the first time I heard it, but it seems like I keep seeing it over and over now i guess it's one of those things where it's like anything that's this funny is going to get repeated until like you can just imagine it deep fried Mm -hmm. but the whole like my dentist said i grind even in my sleep he's a real one for that Uh, mm -hmm.
1: you know i'm surprised i haven't encountered that yet so i think we're running in different circles
0: Mm, i didn't see a Volkswagen bug until i was 25 years old i was like what the fuck is that car little semicircle so you know sometimes you just miss things all right we'll start from here (laughs) i thought that was kind of funny you didn't feel that
1: hey you know what uh different strokes for different folks you know let's let let's vote audience let us know
0: (laughs) (laughs) damn adrian if you call me out for not being funny this podcast is gonna start taking a long time to record no cap
1: Okay, yeah, I should get on that at some point. I think I'm actually in the in-between shows right now. I don't know what I'm watching right now, besides the stuff that's coming out weekly. So, and I mean, once Atlanta has its finale next week, then I have even less to
0: watch. So, hey, Adrian, this is me in-between shows for the audience. Pretend that I have like two Friends DVDs up to the left and right side of my face. Laugh like that's a bit I'm doing.
1: Audience, vote on this one. <laughs> <laughs> vote on that joke. Let's know you feel. Damn it, bad. Adrian.
0: <laughs> I'm just try my best
1: <laughs> is that your best <laughs> you're doing your carrot top material <laughs> for the audience paul pulls out a watermelon and starts <laughs> hitting it with a hammer <laughs> but like a really big hammer <laughs> so it's funny
0: <laughs> i think that's moral
1: that's gallagher
0: what's... oh is that gallagher okay yeah. i was gonna say uh what's his name uh i think he was canceled he was the one who called in a bomb threat
1: no that's tj miller
0: I thought T.J. Miller did that on stage. He. I mean, if he a... did, it
1: was an homage to Peter wow. Gallagher. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: um,
1: do you remember that from when we? I think that was when we went to go see Joe DeRosa live, live. Um, where he had the bit about Joe, uh, Pete Peter Gallagher. What's his name? Is it Joe Gallagher or Peter Gallagher? Why am I going crazy? I don't know. Okay, well Gallagher. Um, he was talking about how like he was at an airport or something, and he just heard like. It was when he was kind of like in his like low periods of doing comedy and traveling around and he heard uh, a son and a father talking about what their plans were for the night and he's telling him about how they were going to go see a comedian and like how powerful comedy is and how like it's such a force for good in the world and then eventually Joe Rosa finds out that they're going to a, a Gallagher show <laughs> he's like after all of that that's what they're going to go see <laughs>
0: You know, I think that'd be funnier for me if I actually knew who Gallagher was, if I wasn't just trying to make my way through the conversation earlier. <laughs> you know, when you're, it's not that you're too embarrassed to ask who somebody is, but you're like, I don't even feel like knowing, like, maybe I can just fake this and the conversation you will You can get, on. you
1: can get through your, the end of your life without ever having to know who Gallagher was. <laughs> but, damn, Paul, really showing your uh, lack of respect for the greats, the ones who came before us. You know, actually, speaking of, like, old comedians, I've kind of said this before, I'm pretty irreverent with, like, things that I really enjoy. Like, I don't listen to old-school hip-hop, I don't really enjoy, like, Richard Pryor and, like, really early stand-up.
0: Um, Eddie Murphy is pretty good. I-, I think that's the first special that really, like, makes yeah. me, like, laugh, or the oldest, not first.
1: Um, I think the new George Carlin documentary that's coming out looks really good to me, and I would be interested mm-hmm. in watching that
0: carlin Um, has good jokes here and there i think he definitely suffers from uh the whole too many people have done material similar to his since Mm
1: him Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of what the oldest special that i like is now that you say it it's probably like an early chris rock special but that's really not that old
0: you like the one where he what what is it three cities it's like new york south africa forget what this other third city is maybe like are you thinking of
1: three mics by uh neil brennan no, Chris Because That's the oldest special. special
0: that I like. <laughs> you like that special? Shout out to Luke. I don't know, I watched it once, it was fine. I liked one of the mics. Not the sad one and not the one-liner one. The and other the same one. way
1: that you like the uh one of the cities that Chris Rock did?
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Or like I like the uh, funny parts of uh Nanette.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Making an edit of Nanette That's just all the funny jokes Without any of the sad stories (laughs) The editor should have really brought this down To 30 minutes, there was some good stuff here If you work around (laughs) the personal tragedies Have you seen Douglas? No, is it good?
1: I haven't watched it Oh fuck, what was I gonna say Nanette, Hannah Gatsby* Type of comedy
0: I think that the whole, like, Steve Harvey, Hannah Gadsby co-tour that they're doing is kind of an interesting idea. That's not happening. Yes, it is. They're doing, like, a blue-collar comedy special Kings of Comedy style Kings of Comedy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's Steve Harvey, Larry the Cable Guy, Hannah Gadsby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The idea is that there's literally everybody's gonna go to that show. There's no demographic that... (laughs) The three titans (laughs) of comedy. No cap...
1: So, oh no, what I was going to say was, based on what you were saying earlier, I think we should talk about comedy that we're allowed to comment on. So I'm going to talk about Gabriel Iglesias, my fellow Latino man brother. I'm allowed to comment on his comedy, and I'll tell you what, I haven't heard it or seen it, so.
0: Really? You've never listened to Gabriel Iglesias? Not even once? Nah. Not even to see what all this fluffy business is about? Nah. Nah. Not even because you saw the DVD cover of Fluffy and thought it was a documentary about you and you were like, Wait, when did I film this? Why why would so I filmed my own documentary is what I think in this situation. Forgot it's about not, it. Yeah. That were like, oh damn, that documentary I must have made. That I went. filmed about
1: myself <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's out now. <laughs>
1: um there was at one point when I was in high school that Carlos Mencia was touring and he was in Colombia. And my parents wanted to go. I was like, I don't think he's very good. And they were like, hey, we got to support our fellow Latinos, bro.
0: <laughs> they were like, Yeah, hey, Adrian, you just don't have the mind of Mencia. That's true. Did they feel that way about George Lopez, too? Is that why they took you to see Sharkboy and Lava Girl 20 times in theaters?
1: Uh, Yeah, we bought out the theater. Was he the dad in that, or what was he? Or was I he the bad he, guy?
0: He was the teacher, yeah, the evil teacher who in the Sharkboy and Lava Girl Wait. dream is like a oh. bot.
1: Wait, so that's actually the main bad guy, or is it such a juvenile film that the actual villain is the teacher?
0: I think it's just that juvenile a film, if I remember correctly. I don't want to speak with like In too the much sequel, confidence.
1: In the sequel the villain was like the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just like codename kids next door. <laughs> so any uh anything exciting going on? Anything you did this on this weekend? Any around it?
0: No cap. Cool. Okay, field day, field day. Field day. All right, let's talk about it. We we had the same field days for a lot of our life. Let's chop it up. we went to the same elementary school.
1: Yeah, was it a grade-level thing, or was it like a... We all, as an elementary school, had the same field day?
0: No, I think it was a grade-level thing. Yeah,
1: right? See, yeah, I I don't have super vivid memories of field day. I know it happened near the end of the year, so I know it kind of like marked the end of school, kind of. I remember it taking a long time. I remember us going through in our classes and like you didn't get to do everything you had to like there were eight or ten different activities and you had to like in a based on what your order was like kind of randomly vote for which one you wanted to be in and that we had to, like make teams for everything so you know only so many kids can play tug of war so you'd have like whoever wants to do that first and clearly whenever they set out like the 15 activities we're going to do some are more popular than others or whatever and so i remember in third grade going through the class
0: roster and like choosing which things we wanted to be a part of
1: and then that's about it i, I, I remember Doing the soccer event once, I remember...
0: Do you remember we used to have an ice melting event?
1: Sort of. I think I have a more vivid memory of doing that at church than I do at field day.
0: Yeah, we would uh, pass around an ice cube, and then I guess, like, as your hand got too cold to melt it, you would pass it to the next person, and they would try to, like, friction melt it, and then yeah, you just yeah. fastest group to melt it one. Which, honestly, what a stupid idea.
1: It seems pretty cheap. You gotta offset the, uh, the cost <laughs> of the giant soccer ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which... I've discussed with other people and apparently not every school had that activity. So we should describe it to people because I think for Lake Murray students, that's a very vivid and real thing we know about because that was always the most fun day of gym when they brought out the giant Mm -hmm. soccer ball.
1: So uh, students in a row uh, sat down, but with your like knees up and then you get in two rows where there's like a little channel between you and they would throw the big soccer ball in the middle and then you kind of try and kick it over to the other side.
0: Yeah, um, over the other group of people, but they were yeah. obviously defending and then trying to kick it over your line.
1: And it was definitely because we were like so small as kids; like it, it, it covered multiple kids. So it was like a very the the defense was actually worked pretty cooperatively and like the uh, yeah. It, it it sounds like when you first describe it, you're like, oh, how does that game not last like ten seconds or less? But, <laughs> but it no, went, it, it it took would, yeah, yeah it, it took time.
0: <laughs> it took time. It was really fun. Yeah. And by giant soccer ball, like at the time, it probably was like, it felt like at least as big as I was plus half. It was one and a half poles. How how tall would I have been back then? Four feet? So six feet?
1: It's it's so hard to say because it's kind of like when... Um, it
0: felt so big. It did feel... Yeah. Like, like you
1: know when you go to like, your elementary school and you just see how small the desks are? But like yeah. the other one is um, we had, I think the last year that we were there, our elementary school installed a rock climbing wall in our gym. And then yeah. you go back in high school and look at it, and you're like, "I, I it's less tall than I am now. <laughs> it's like it barely goes up at all. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Did you ever sign up for, like, Tug of War? Or did they try and put you in because you were one of the bigger kids and, like, there was, like, strategy involved? Or did you ever get to do any of, uh, like, the premiere events? I did do Tug
0: of War. I don't remember, like, specifically asking to.
1: I think there were certain kids that really gravitated towards it that...
0: I remember that one was like a shorter part of the day, I think because the matches are so quick and you just very quickly found out who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. When I was talking to some people about this theme, I was immediately the first thing my mind came to when I was thinking about field day was the uh, hula hoop event that we had, which was like just a marathon, just like mm-hmm. not marathon, but like how long can you An endurance Everybody would stand in a grid like the 100 students or whatever that were in it uh, yeah endurance contest and if you lost you would sit down and th- that was always such a striking visual of like visually being mm. able to see how well you were doing based on like oh uh, you know i was in a crowd of people and now i only see like five other people standing up hula hooping with me let the
1: bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the floor it,
0: I, it it was pretty cool i always wanted to win i never did you mentioned that
1: I won it in recess one, or in uh, PE. I don't think I won it on field day. Um, I do remember, I think, again, like, third grade is the one really vivid memory I have of us, like, discussing as a class who was going to do which activity, and I remember being very pressured into doing the soccer relay race with the cones, because people knew that I played soccer in the class. Hmm. Or they assumed. (laughs) They were like, they can't play soccer. (laughs) Do you remember, so I was reading some Reddit threads about it today when I was looking for third segment ideas. Do you remember getting special food during that day or is that other people's memory? Because I don't remember us getting anything special that day in terms of food.
0: Like an ice cream cup with a wooden spoon. We probably got like a, yeah, like a cheap ice cream thing and like a bag of chips and then I had our normal lunch. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would remember if we got really special food.
1: Yeah. I think we also definitely did like the egg thing, egg toss, or at least the uh, egg on a spoon race.
0: Yeah, I remember doing that. We always did the relay race. A sort of connected but different memory. I always found field day fun because even as not like a particularly athletic kid, it always felt more uh, random who was going to win. It was a lot mm. less because the activities were weird. It wasn't just the kids who are already good at every other sport. Like, yeah, um, I definitely felt more in it. A connected memory is definitely the uh, presidential.
1: Oh, fitness challenge?
0: Fitness challenge, and the fact that I never uh, got that. Oh, really? Yeah. I was a really unathletic kid, man. man. Couldn't All stretch I the thing. To
1: do with <laughs> couldn't touch your toes.
0: Was that one of them? Maybe I got Yeah,
1: do you remember the thing where it was like the metal machine where you had to like press as far forward as you could? And you, like, yeah, these I things? actually
0: think I couldn't.
1: Oh, okay. Hold on. There's actually two things. So you had to like have a certain reach or whatever. Two things. One was that, so Field Day does pretty well describe Tour Davis in su- certain parts of it. Like, there was one stop where the thing to do was, um, uh, Flip Cup, or not Flip Cup, uh, Rage Cage, or whatever you call it. But the other event was because it was frog themed, so they're the Hypno Toads. Um, they had a long jump, and then they like put like a little lily pad at like whoever had the current record. And Christopher from our group does it. He's very athletic, and he gets pretty far. And Pierce. It Like, cutting in front of everybody else who wants to do it. Like, does it continuously, trying to beat Christopher's record. <laughs> just, like, ten times in a row going through it. I kept making jokes about how he couldn't do it. <laughs> um, But, yeah, just so funny to me that Pierce was, like, so determined to beat Christopher's long jump. <laughs> I, I, think he, I think it was just, like, maybe he was in that weird, like, mood as, like, a drunk person. But, like, he was just really going at it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that feels, because usually when I'm drunk, I'm just really good at things. Like, I usually... Just kind of knock. I'm really out good at long jumping. Usually, go yeah.
1: And then, did we do the thing where it was it the sack race, or was it like you get in the potato sack and you race, or did we they let us do that. the wheelbarrow thing, or was that a church that we did that? That seems more dangerous. I think that might be
0: at your church. Did we have a tire? Maybe we didn't have a wheelbarrow. Did we have a tire we would get rolled around in? That like sounds big. Equally dangerous. I feel like we had a big tire, and we'd sit in it, and they would roll us. But that also might have been at, not at school and at a yeah outside activity
1: um the other thing i was thinking about was uh i think a lot of people talk about like the big parachute thing that kids do i don't think we ever did that as kids or did you do that no i don't remember
0: oh uh, or i know exactly what you're talking about but i don't think we had it at our school
1: yeah anything else a lot of team sports i think uh, there was nothing that was really except for like the hula hoop endurance thing that was really like individually based
0: There was a, we similarly had a jump rope one. I think there Mm -hmm. was a double dutch thing, like an endurance double Mm -hmm. dutch or an endurance jump rope thing.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: But I can't remember because jump rope, I guess it's just like, were we that uncoordinated? Like, I feel like you shouldn't be able to fuck up at jump rope that easily, but I guess sometimes it just hits your foot when you're that young. I think
1: it's also just a lot of effort. Like, I remember maybe one of the worst purchases I ever made in college was I thought, you know what, I'm going to get into jump roping as a fitness thing. And so I bought, like, a fancy wooden-handled jump rope and never used it. (laughs) But I do remember trying it once and being like, you know what, I get why this is, like, a form of exercise people do. It is pretty taxing after a while.
0: It does seem like it would also be bad for the knees. Well,
1: that's why you have to do it underwater. Low impact.
0: (laughs) Ah, and then you stay hydrated. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Do people still jump rope as a fitness thing? Or is that like a thing in the early 2000s? Because that's definitely like buff people used to jump rope a lot, I feel like, back in the 2000s.
0: Do buff people still take those heavy ropes in the gym and shake them up and down in a really silly way? They
1: definitely still do that. Okay. That's a staple in like CrossFit gyms or whatever across the nation. But I don't think anyone jump ropes anymore. Is that just obsolete? Or did we find out that it's like actively bad for you (laughs) or something like that?
0: (laughs) Researchers finally did a study on it, and it turns out it's 10 times worse than smoking. Every jump rope session <laughs> Jump roping's
1: in. the new smoking.
0: <laughs> 20 days off your life. That makes sense.
1: Did we get trophies, or was it one of those things where they're like, whoever had the best teamwork wins or something like that?
0: Hey, 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 let's not intersect too much with my article.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Oh, no, really quick, actually. What you were saying earlier, um, surprisingly, the other thing that I got from looking up Field Day on Reddit... And, of course, you know, Reddit Reddit's like a improper subset of people to poll for this, but so many people took the angle of, like, I was unathletic, so I hated it. It was basically just a day where everyone got to make fun of me for not being athletic enough.
0: Well, I was a real nerd, and I thought it was delightful. Yeah, like, I loved it. I, I felt like I won an odd number of things, or, like, did surprisingly well. And, it was like, even as an unathletic kid, it just definitely, like, even things out that it was, like, sillier games, and...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and it was more about just being outside with your friends
1: all right so we're shutting that down right now
0: that that is an odd take to me i thought, yeah field day is all good memories man good, yeah, vibes. Pretty
1: good vibes yeah all right now do you want to talk about trophies
0: yeah adrian i have to admit something to you what's that the column i found can is a question and answer i'll send it to you it's uh it's it's a rhetorical question that they then answer themselves, is the best way to describe it. So it's not our traditional advice column. Okay. But I honestly found it pretty hard to find advice columns that seemed like they really fit in well with the theme, so.
1: All right. The Wayback Machine.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Daily Mail has since deleted this article. Whoa, controversial. Okay, so Daily Mail hosted by Ursula Hirscherkorn. The title is Why Won't They Let My Son Win the Egg and Spoon Race? Mm. Early summer is sports day season and it seems as if we are living at my son's school, watching with pride as their little legs pump across the field, their eyes screwed up in concentration as they attempt to keep that pesky egg on the spoon, but I find myself wondering why they try so hard when their teachers are determined that there should be no winners. Last Friday was my five-year-old son Jacob's first sports day at his primary school and when he powered over the finish line ahead of all his little classmates he held his arms aloft and shouted, I'm the winner. Only to be taken aside and gently told by his teacher that there were no winners and it was all just a bit of fun. His face fell as he felt as if he was being reprimanded for celebrating his success. The misguided philosophy is meant to make it easier for those children who forever trail and last, but that's an insult to their intelligence. My son knew he had won the race, and so did all his friends. Telling him not to enjoy his moment of glory didn't make the slow coach at the back of the pack feel any better. He was still last and everyone knew it. It just took the joy away from my son and made him wonder why he had pushed so hard to cross the finish line first. It was the same as my younger son's max preschool, where each child was handed a pretend gold medal at the end of the day no matter if they had performed as well as the Olympic hopeful or as abysmally as a teetotaler in a drinking game. How are children supposed to understand the point of competitive sport when the whole point of it, winning, is expunged from it? So that's the question, Adrian.
1: Hmm. Okay. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. And
0: like I said, this is really more of an article. So after that rhetorical question, the author, she goes on to rant more and we can read the rest of her rant. Sounds good. I wonder what her take's gonna be.
1: Thoughts off top. Did we have winners and losers in our yeah. Field day?
0: Yeah, right? I remember in rec league soccer was the only time I ever experienced that participation trophy thing because I do remember everybody got a trophy, but then the like MVP definitely got a special medal and the team that won the overall thing definitely got a nicer trophy. So Did it we... was like we definitely got participation trophies, but we had like we definitely had tiers of trophies and you knew which one was which <laughs> uh right we're like
1: wasn't it like whoever's school class like whoever's like actual class in your grade won the most got like a pizza party or something or am i making Oh, that was what's
0: that a thing? i guess my class never won the most
1: i can't tell if i'm making that up or not but i feel like that was it th- like there was it was definitely kept track of i feel like and i think i remember in rec league soccer the everybody getting a trophy Upward Basketball, I know my friends did. That's the one where like it's a Christian thing and they don't even keep score, right?
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
1: I want to say that's true and that like the only reason people would know if they won or not is because there's always be one like kind of, well, I guess I'll give the game away on my end, but there'd be one kind of like dad who's way too into it who would always make sure to write down the score so he knows whether or not his kids won or not.
0: But that seems like, shouldn't you just be putting them in a competitive league? Like, you're really, if you're the competitive dad in that league, you're you're really setting up your kids to have an easier time. That clearly seems like not the most talented kids are going to be in that league.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's the exact question? What do they learn? Or what's wrong? Or how are kids supposed to understand the point of competitive sport when the whole point of winning it is expunged from it? Mm. I won't
0: lie. I usually hate this attitude. This feels like a fake story because it it feels like a straw man created. It feels like the one well, case where somebody would but, be taking it too far. That's to what weird, a kid though. Right? Is that
1: she even specifically says like he was very gently taken aside and told that there was no
0: winners in the game. So like. It it's also like, seems like maybe he was gently took t- taken aside and told not to brag. Like if you're number one, you don't shout "I won." You just yeah. you know graciously are excited for yourself. You don't look <laughs> back at the losers and go "I won." Yeah, yeah, That's that actually might what it have was. been what she was saying, and it was misinterpreted as. Michael Phelps was didn't actually really at the win. finish
1: line. He was like, "Hey, winners don't have to say that they're winners, bro. <laughs> That's not winner mentality." Do you think that the reason they didn't want him celebrating that he won is because he just had an extra egg in his pocket, so even though the first one fell in like the first meter, he just put it on at the end?
0: Ooh, you think he's a cheater?
1: I think he's a cheater. I think he hard-boiled that egg, kept it in his pocket, ran to the finish line, and then just put it on really quick.
0: His mom works for the Daily Mail, which is kind of the participation trophy of being a journalist. Damn.
1: Roasted. Was it? What does it say about your child if she's like, my son wouldn't have put the effort into trying to do good if he did if he had known that there weren't going to be any winners in the race. Like, what does it say about your child that you think that their only motivation could possibly be that they get to shout that they're the winner at the end of something?
0: That's true. That's basically I, I the whole
1: lesson. The whole lesson is, like, just learning to, like, have fun while doing something.
0: I do think it's a little odd, even to do it gently, to tell a kid that they... They weren't a winner of something that clearly has a tiered winning. Like, if, if there was no winners, they shouldn't have had a finish line.
1: They should have ran forever, and it should have been a metaphor for capitalism.
0: <laughs> yeah, or you could have just done it like, hey, let's play a game to see how long everybody can keep their egg on their spoon or something. Or, like, it could mm. have been tag or something like that. Like, it seems like putting a finish line there is very objectively saying there's a the winner. Mm. I mean, you don't tier things and then say that there's no difference between one and two. That is just kind of odd. Or it leads to this life.
1: So you're saying you agree with her point about how like it's just insulting to people's intelligence to like tell like someone who's last place
0: that they weren't last place. It is insulting to people's intelligence, but then the problem is, her assumption is that her kid is stupid enough to then not understand that he still won anyway. Oh, He's yeah. like, oh, well, I guess the teacher said I wasn't technically the winner, so I, was, I did just as bad as everybody else at this race. Mm. Like, no, your kid should still know he got there the fastest. The school hasn't noted him down as the winner, but it seems... Like, if that's demotivating him, it seems like your kid's pretty stupid. I kind of felt the same way. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: That's what I was saying, is that, like, it's it's a weird thing for her to be like, my kid wouldn't have tried at this arbitrary field day thing (laughs) if he had known there wouldn't be glory in his victory. (laughs) (laughs) If he had realized that the winner wasn't going to be able to smash his egg in whoever's face he wanted, (laughs) (laughs) in the face of the biggest nerd at school, he wouldn't have tried so hard. He wouldn't have hustled his little legs. Do you know if there was controversy around this for why they deleted it, or is it just like an old post that no one cares about anymore?
0: I think it might have just been an old post. It would have been cool if there was controversy.
1: Yeah, a row, as they say over
0: on his side of the pond. Also, I like that they called Field Day Sports Day, but it sounds like maybe in the UK they have more of them. They have more sports days where you do egg on spoon races. Maybe. That's what it sounds like. I
1: thought for some reason when I was looking into Field Day that it seemed like a very American-specific
0: thing, but... Wait, I'm reading some of the comments on this article, can I read one? Okay, if the article isn't lying, this comment clearly is. Okay. At my friend's son's school, already so great. They're doing three or four steps away. Like, I heard about this from somebody who heard about this from somebody else. At my friend's Mm -hmm. son's school, they made all the front runners wait at the finish line until the last one caught up and they could all step over together. It's highly upvoted. 20 upvotes, baby. I know, but like, who believes that dumb shit?
1: Take your child aside and congratulate them on being the winner. (laughs) Two, tell your child that their teachers are stupid and that anyone who tries to tell them that winning is bad are people who are jealous and incapable
0: i think you're right donald trump did leave that comment <laughs> <laughs> who from detroit named frank is leaving a comment on the daily mail is my <laughs> favorite part of one of these comments a little bruce expert what's the daily mail's reputation in england uh, like uh one of those ones that like just posts any sort of headline like uh what are those called tabloids yeah like a tabloid
1: oh okay yeah, I was trying to figure it out because I get like some sense of how UK media is ranked based on soccer. Like people are like, "Oh, the Sun, that's fucking bullshit," or whatever. Like you know, uh, but I, I never really got what the uh, Daily Mail's thing was. Uh, Paul, you're a teacher at a school, and you get an angry call and have to have a meeting with a parent because of this situation. What do you tell them as the teacher? Based on his grades, I hope little Ricky is good at egg racing because he ain't getting anywhere else. <laughs>
0: Maybe I tell her what you said, and I just say, oh yeah, your son cheated, that's why I told him that. Just like, really fuck with him. Really get in her head. I think
1: he would be to blame, though, if he ended up not getting that, uh, Spoon Egg scholarship
0: to Oxford. (laughs) Spoon Egg, like, we had it at our field day, but it does sound much more British and sensibility. Spoon Egg. Go out for a good game of Spoonie Egg.
1: One of the games that was at one of the stops yesterday was called Jug Jug and my favorite thing about it was that pierce was uh asking me about it and i was like oh yeah it's fucking jug jug or whatever <laughs> that, that was me guessing the name sarcastically of like yeah we have that in south carolina it's called jug jug and then later when i went over to play it and saw that there was an actual sign saying <laughs> jug jug this is where to play
0: it just fucking what are the me rules look. of jug jug is it like panic can
1: it's like do you know those like reusable big things of like uh containers that you can get for, like water uh from like yeah. stores or whatever it was two of those filled with some material to make them not super super lightweight and then you stand close to each other, you throw the jugs at each other, and they need to hit. You take a step back, and then you keep doing that and try and make the jugs hit each other. Um, oh, damn. It was surprisingly fun. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that
0: does sound fun. What sort of material? Like, how heavy we talking here?
1: No, like, some newspaper and some other things in there, just to, uh, just to, like, weigh it down a little bit.
0: Yeah, I guess because otherwise they'd have too much air resistance, and then they might just not hit because of aim. Well, it's
1: kind of one of those things where you have to, like, try and figure out if, like, you're trying to go over or under once you get to, like, a kind of a far distance... So, yeah, anything else for this kid?
0: No, you want me to read the answer? Uh,
1: yeah, I got nothing else for him. Just don't be a fucking loser, bray.
0: We Brits like to blame our sporting failures on a lack of resources, bad weather, or sheer bad luck. But is it any wonder that we can only manage a draw with the Aussies in the Ashes and have failed to feel the man's singles champion at Wimbledon since 1936 when our children are taught from infancy that coming first just isn't sporting? With the 2012 Olympics around the corner, we are breeding a generation of children who think that winner is a dirty word and aren't allowed to taste the glory of victory for fear of making those they beat feel bad about themselves. Our schools wouldn't dream of celebrating failure in more academic spheres. If my son gets top marks in math, he will be rewarded. If he is best in group for reading, he's made to feel proud of his achievements. What's so different about beating the competition on the sports field? And what sort of a message does it send to children who might not be so bright in the classroom, but who are talented on the track? I'm not suggesting that being good at sports is a reason not to try in the classroom, but it seems unfair that those children who excel physically aren't heaped with praise in the same way as those who shine academically. Surely being first on the field is just as impressive as getting 10 out of 10 on a geography test. So why are we scared to tell our children so? I know that when I was at school, I was always the last to be picked for any team, having the coordination of Frank Spencer and the speed of a sloth, and there were no prizes for coming last in the sack race.
1: Frank Spencer, got him.
0: Yes, it was humiliating, but it made trouncing the sporty girls in a spelling test that much sweeter. The bitter tang of failure only makes successes more enjoyable, but everyone gets the same prize, win or lose. It loses all its value was also better preparation for adult life where there really are winners and losers. We are deceiving our children by perpetuating the myth that everyone is equal and denying them the joy of their achievement and the chance to learn how to cope with their failings and strive to improve. How was this a kinder education than the harsher realities I learned at school? After all, which is the worst of two evils? To reduce all our expectations to the lowest common denominator and allow those who fail to dictate how we treat those who triumph or to encourage our children to revel in their victories wherever they take place. It seems to me that the modern everyone's a winner school of thought actually means that everyone loses. I think I really take issue with the idea that you are supposed to know everybody else's grade. I don't know where she got that concept from.
1: I think that there's so much weird framing in this, dude. I
0: <laughs> When a teacher hands out grades, do they usually rank everybody and tell you who you did better than? It's, it's, this is coming
1: from such a bizarre mind where everything's framed in such a straw manny way and if they know what they're doing then like whatever but like i i don't know it's it's like yeah it's it's all so i know for sure i wouldn't want to talk to this person in person um and the fact that them growing up in a world where winners and losers were made very clear and everyone was very relishing about it it seems like it produced some terrible adults (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, this is the, this is exactly the type of person who says, like, I was spanked and I turned out normal. She's mm-hmm. like, I was taught to be a weird competitive freak and look at me now getting upset about egg spoon races at my son's school. Yeah,
1: and being worried about not only our national pride for our national sports, <laughs> but just, like, the general well-being of humanity of the next generation that we're raising. She hits every mark. Also, this idea that, like, children who excel physically aren't heaped with praise. Like, they just because you don't get to win at the spoon race i know
0: i love this concept that the spoon race is like the athletic sphere it's like your kid did well at that because that's like us like the same reason i did well at field day like that is a fake type of race that's meant to be silly and fun that the nerds can win at
1: yeah yeah i also do love that like do you think that she was one of the writers for high school musical
0: (laughs) wait why is that
1: because she has such a dichotomy in her mind of like, either you're good at sports or you're good in the
0: classroom. <laughs> People can be one thing, you get one. <laughs> hey, Adrian, that literally the lesson of that movie is that you can sing and be a drama even if you are good at sports.
1: Oh, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> I guess that would be her. <laughs> Do you think she changed her mind about this after she watched High School Musical?
0: <laughs> I think her mind exploded. She was like, what, what, what? Yeah, that is such a funny old-school framing, because I I feel like we definitely at our school had a lot of, like, really smart athletes who were in honors classes. And there were
1: also kids that were just dumb and unathletic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of losers, too. (laughs) But...
1: (laughs) um, Oh, my God. It's just such a weird framing. It was humiliating not getting picked, but it made trouncing the sporty girls in spelling tests that much sweeter. Like, this comes from someone with a sick mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Once again, it's an era where apparently the teacher just went up to the front of the class and was like, Ursula? Got the best grade, uh, and those stupid basic bitches, they did worse than her on this test, just so everybody knows. Okay, now that we've made this- Yeah, it was topic, that
1: era where teachers went around, and like, in every cheerleader, he was like, hope your looks last, kid, you're not
0: doing too well on this spelling test. <laughs> there, there really was, like, those old movies where to make you feel better about being a nerd, they were just horribly mean to the athletic kids, yeah. like, that was the lesson of the movie, was like- <laughs> The athletic kids are jerks, and it's okay to hate them, and they're actually going to be poor, and you're going to be Bill Gates. They're going to be
1: flipping burgers when they get that ACL tear.
0: It's like, why did you assume me as a kid was a really mean-spirited person who wanted other people to fail?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else? I, I, I think this is obviously a ridiculous person, but hey, Jeff Foxworthy's still making these points, so... It's an idea that hasn't died.
0: I know, I love that this was written in 2008, and it's, like, literally unedited. He did this as part of his stand-up special on Netflix that I'm sure he was paid multiple, multiple millions for. Mm. Yep, we really do live in a meritocracy where only the best people make it ahead.
1: Only the best comedians have a dad who's a higher-up at IBM and gets them the same job. ready for a little switch pace? I am. (laughs) ready for a little switch pace? I am. All right, so I decided to do that thing where I took the phrase to mean one of its other meanings, so um, one of the definitions for a field day, or kind of the phrase of having a field day, is kind of the relishing uproar that happens whenever, like, certain news comes out. So, you know, the news is going to have an up a field day with this story or whatever. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of what I uh, based mine around. Big if true. So this is Ask E. Gene, will my past haunt me if I pursue politics? Subtitle... I'm a passionate political science major who made major mistakes in my first two years of college. Should I switch career paths now to avert calamity later?
0: Oh my god, please, please, please have posted something offensive on social media.
1: This is a little story about someone who thinks that me is going to have a field day with them if they ever try and make it big
0: in politics.
1: Dear E. Jean, I'm a political science undergraduate in my final year. To help pay for my education, I took part in various awkward arrangements with a string of sugar daddies. These men distracted me from accomplishing anything worthwhile. Worse, they made me feel inept. It was difficult, but I managed to end my easy money addiction and re and rededicate myself to my studies. The reason I'm writing? The political campaigns have fired my imagination like nothing else. I've been working as an intern for a senator, and I've now decided to make politics my career. But I'm terrified that somewhere along the line, someone... We'll find out what I spent my first two years of college doing. I have absolutely no justification for, shallow, for the shallow and disgusting things I did. So, my question. Am I wasting my time? Should I continue to forge a career in politics or switch now to avert a calamity later? From Possibly Paranoid.
0: Yeah, this was less funny than I thought it was going to be. It makes me feel sad for her.
1: No, it was not an edgy teenager
0: who was worried about, like, his, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping that it was somebody who just said the N-word too many times on Twitter. That feels <laughs> way funnier to roast on. Um I would say, first off, like, I don't know why you think you have to have, like, a public-facing career. There's a lot of political careers. Second off, times are changing, and this is going to become less and less, like, a deal-breaker as, well, I time, I never mind. Maybe times aren't changing. We did just go back on Roe v. Wade. Maybe we are going to go back as a culture, and it's... Really, you should be worried about if the Republicans are going to vote to, like, have you executed for the crime of Mm. being nude on the internet. I don't think that's what it was. It sounded like more in-person work. Oh, then what is she worried about? If there's no, like, digital footprint, like, who's going to be able to prove what? The Johns. How? I don't actually know exactly what it is. I I just imagined it was, like, an OnlyFans thing or, like, a they're paying me for pictures thing
1: um i don't know i th- I always thought sugar daddy was a more like physical relationship just like literally in terms of just like actually being around the other person even if it's just like going to dinner with them to make them feel like a big man or whatever
0: mm. so i guess there could be various levels of like how much proof she thinks is out there mm-hmm. or just the work. fact
1: that she might have told people about it maybe like at the time she was like hey if you guys want to get into some easy money there's this 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 whatever uh to her her friends um
0: but yeah, from an ideological purpose, this shouldn't hold you back. You should obviously still be able to have a career in politics, like who cares if you did sex work um, in the past. But from a practical perspective, I could see not wanting to dedicate your time to something you think going to blow up in your face publicly. In which case, right, you don't have to have a, you don't have to have a public facing political career. You could be a could be like a chief of staff. You could work on campaigns. You could be anything you could be that's Be a speech not... writer who then has a podcast that's very successful. Are you coming at the uh pod Johns, Adrian, <laughs> I don't want that smoke. You know they got hitters.
1: So wait, is your advice go for it or is your advice uh try and find a
0: You know what? I think I was talking through my thoughts. I, my okay. advice is to become to lean into your sex work and become the first sugar baby politician.
1: Is that what it's called when you're a, when you have a sugar daddy? I think so. Yeah, that's cute. Scale of one to ten, how bad do you think this is for a politician?
0: You know, that's the other thing because, like, because I was saying before, it's about are becoming our, more and more normal. Like, a,
1: yeah, because I was saying before that, like, it depends on her political affiliation, but like, I guess it's kind of like one of those like you know hypocrisy things about the the right. But, like, you can literally be a pedophile and still be a successful Republican, but, like, mm. I, I think this, they might draw the line at sex work, though. I could see them doing that.
0: Yeah, because if this came out—if you if you were a Democrat and this came out, Nancy Pelosi would edge you out of the party. If you were a yeah. Republican, they would stand by you if you had the right politics. Mm.
1: So you're saying she should go
0: to uh, Republican Party? I, I think you're more capable of doing something like this and getting away with it. If you do it on the Democratic side, even though they should be the pro, like, hey, like, you know, this, there's nothing immoral about this side— Nancy Pelosi would convince herself that this is going to be bad for election season and would be like, the Republicans are really upset about it. I have to make her go. I don't hate sex workers. I just they they were yelling at me like Mm. it's bad for elections. It's a
1: good Nancy Pelosi impression. Does this make you think of things like uh, like when AOC ran and Republicans tried to make a big deal of the fact that she danced in a video in undergrad once?
0: (laughs) That was really funny. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly it. Can you imagine like how much more a republican could get away with but like even dancing apparently is immoral if you're a democrat
1: (laughs) yeah they're trying to make it like the footloose city
0: (laughs) whereas like there's literal just like pedophile republicans running around nobody cares about that that, what's that guy from uh florida who's being like matt gates charged with uh yeah sex trafficking right now (laughs) across state lines yeah gates and Madison Cawthorn just had a sex tape leak. Well, a sex tape is a strong word. He had a nude humping tape leak. Wait, what? I did not hear about that. Really? Yeah, Madison Cawthorn was humping his uh cousin, uh nude. Like What?
1: <laughs> and yet we're the degenerates.
0: <laughs> you should watch it, it's a crazy video. He keeps ho- he keeps hollering like a monkey. He's like, ooh ooh ah
1: <laughs> Wait, what? Where am I going to find this? Where is this video? Am I going to have to go to porn up for this?
0: It's not even hard to find, man. Just Google it. It's really funny. He didn't even deny it either. <laughs> what? How do you not know about this? I love Should- that somehow I'm the person announcing this to you.
1: Should that be our outro music? <laughs> is- <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought there was something about him being anti-gay and like, but somehow doing a drag show or something. That's the only thing I've heard about this dude. That I was really before not-
0: the- him humping his cousin. <laughs> Okay, well. As a as, as person video, we get shouts on, like, put your dick in his mouth.
1: <laughs> Man. So yeah, as, as bad as that, as bad as that, <laughs> you think? So in um, between that and in between
0: Bill Clinton smoking but not inhaling <laughs> for <laughs> marijuana, where would you put this? Between, wait, no, I'm, I'm going to put that in between Obama ordering spicy mustard Mm, Dijon. Do you guys have like a spicy mustard, like a Dijon or something? (laughs) Literally a Fox News (laughs) cycle.
1: (laughs) You know what I was just thinking about today? There was a time in high school where I was in a drama class and we were studying like Greek dramas and Greek theater. Um, And one of the things was like, oh, these were like the muses or whatever or something. And like their whole point in the play was that they were supposed to give like moral lessons. So our assignment as a group was to get together, pick a topic that, like, you can have a take on, and then give our take on it, um, and do, like, a chanting rhyming thing and performance with it, and because I was outvoted in my group, um, our topic was anti-Obama, but because I was the nerd in our group, I had to write the whole thing, (laughs) so I had to write a whole anti-Obama thing, and I remember submitting the, um, the rough draft to my teacher, and she was like... This is how snarky I was. She was like, oh, you know, it's 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 not bad. And I know you can do better. Um, but it just seems like there's a lot of filler here. And I want more, like, content. Because uh, I was just kind of writing whatever bullshit. And uh, because of that comment, uh, I took her revisions. And I made a chorus in the song that went, uh, Obama's speeches are filler, filler, filler. We want content, content, content. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we got an A for it uh but goddamn, dude having to do group projects i think like the other one was anti-abortion that another group did it was all just like why why ask a group of teenagers from south carolina to do a, a thing where they have to give a moral stance
0: i like that the teacher was asking you to, to do epic rap battles of history it was very big at the time we should do an episode on epic rap battles of history that's not a bad theme yeah
1: <laughs> now we just have to watch all like six seasons of it and come in with like our ranking of top 10 for uh the third segment
0: I think that would be my Joker moment. That's what would Joker find me, is having to watch more than a couple (laughs) of epic rap battles of history. Um, Okay, anything else about this? Anything else about... um... How how do you feel? I kind of, like, I talked you through some of my thoughts. I feel like it's an unfair situation, but I see not wanting to dedicate yourself to something you think is going to blow up in your face. What's your take? Um, But honestly... Yeah, maybe like go for it. Like it's you're right, like you can ride out a lot of scandals. Like go for it and just know it might be a scandal you have to ride out. Just hope people forget. Um
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's hard from my stance, right? Because it's one of those things where you have to look at it from what the public's view is. Because for me, obviously, this isn't a problem. Like I wouldn't care about this, but um certain people will especially like depending on where she's thinking about trying to be a senator, if that's what her goal is and what the uh, demographics are like, and what the, you know, what party she's running for, um, I would say that you make a very good point about how provable whatever, uh, these claims are, so whether or not there's, like, receipts, or whether or not there's, like, I don't know, what would it be, like, a whistleblower at that point, just one of the old dudes who, like, I guess old dudes are into politics, so they would see her on the, uh, like, having her senator ads everywhere, and they'd be like, ah, why does that name ring a (laughs) bell? Um. I think this is something you can get over. I, I I don't think this is a career ending uh one. I think there's uh on the on the spectrum of of uh political controversies based on people's past. I would say it's pretty 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 middling. All right. That's my that's my advice, but always have a plan B. That's also my advice. That's I that's been a, I've been a big proponent of that for a long ass time. I've always had plan A through G ever since I uh was fin- thinking about you know wrapping up college or whenever I was in that moment of my life. So always have a plan A through G. All right, you want to read this answer? Yeah. All right. Possibly my innocent parsnip. You want to enter politics. Here's the law. You may invade a country, hide billions in secret accounts in the Caymans, con, scam, sneak, steal, lie, and possess the brain of a pea. But whatever you do, don't boff a sugar daddy. Since, however, you have boffed a sugar daddy, the best advice I can give you is this. Publish an autobiography detailing your roles in the halls of academe. If you write it well, tell the truth, and make a clean breast of it, the whole breast, and nothing but the breast, then you may have a slim chance, slimmer than Governor Chris Christie, of clearing your way into politics. President Obama, in Dreams from My Father, described his high school junkie and pothead days in such squash-buckling Hunter Thompson-esque terms that his opponents wished they had been stoners and had written their own books. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm reminded of a young lady who wrote to me 15 or 16 years ago. She was worried her husband would leave her when she appeared on David Letterman to talk about her new book. How will my husband deal with my sudden fame, she asked. How exciting, I wrote back. When's your book coming out? Oh, she replied, I haven't written it yet. Winning the internship with the senator shows that you have good brains. Now let's find out if you possess the manic drive, impertinence, and acting ability to forge a career in politics. Take this simple aptitude test. You have one semester to persuade your student government to pass a law banning all guns within a 2-mile radius of campus, or a law permitting all guns, whichever principle you wish to see ground beneath the boots of your special interests. The National Rifle Association, your state legislator, and your college administration will express themselves accordingly. If you get the law passed, then write to me about entering politics. All right.
0: Um, I, I didn't really get it.
1: Oh,
0: did
1: you? Um, I really like that we have this really nice Venn diagram of people who like making Chris Christie jokes, and it's uh, E. Jean and Phil Carter. Uh, <laughs> I really that I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, it seemed like she was saying don't do it, but then she was saying if you are going to do it. Your biggest issue isn't that you did this, that your you're biggest not talented? issue is that politics is hard, yeah.
0: Is e the same person? Is e the one from The Cut? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, this really felt like an Ask Polly question, like she just kind of attacked her, she was like, Hey, Toots, your biggest problems that you're probably stupid and can't get shit done. She said she had good brains. Y- yeah, Toots, you might have a good brain on you, but can you fight that right? in all Hmm. Mm-mm. That's how I read it. And that's why it felt weird to me. It felt like not at all engaging with the actual questions. Like it was negging her.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it was. It. I. I kind of get the point. I guess that like it's the least of your worries. For it seems like she doesn't. Well, I think one of the parts of it is that she doesn't seem to view politicians favorably, which is you know a real hot take. Um. So I almost think she wants to discourage. Any her woman can that. be a
0: politician, or she wants Adrian, but that's just me.
1: Actually, I mean, if you had a friend who said that they wanted to go into politics, would you kind of be discouraging of that? Or would you be like, hey, you know, do what yeah, you're going to do, man? because
0: the friend who uh, I know who wants to go into politics is Daniel, and he's a neoliberal piece of shit. <laughs> he is a funny man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Daniel. But I disagree with his politics, and I would do everything I could to crush his campaign. Listen, that's why while he's sleeping, whenever we got drunk, I snuck into his room and took a picture of his penis so <laughs> that I could... <laughs> 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 so I could release it to create a scandal if he ever does one for I office. I couldn't
1: figure out which one was worse, my balls in his mouth or his balls in my mouth, so I took both just to be safe. <laughs>
0: Alright, yeah, anything else to say about E.Gene? No, friend, I think, uh, I think I said everything I had to say. Paul, not a fan? No, I, I think we've... There was a reason I mistook her for Polly, the other person, who has like this weird aggro stance for how they answer questions. All right, Paul, are you
1: ready for a third segment of Grand Proportions?
0: Ooh, yes.
1: All right, here is our 10-part third segment. When I think about Field Day, and when I think about the idea that a lot of it's teamwork-based, I do get this sense that it's kind of like the child version of adult corporate team-building exercises. And so what I have for you today are 10 of the best Zoom icebreakers to help uh, team bonding in a corporate setting. Um, And so I'm going to explain each game very quickly. Most of them are very, very quick, so we can get them done very fast. I tried not to pick visual ones, and uh, I got them from multiple sources, a few uh, different articles the only other thing I'll say about it is that, um, God, if I ever, whenever, or when I do move out of academia and go to a regular office job, corporate culture is just the worst. <laughs> I, I fucking hated reading every article. Uh, but, you know, this is what we do to build camaraderie. And, uh, Paul, I think we get, I think we're due for a, uh, a team building exercise. So let's go through some of these. All righty. All right. By far, the number one. Suggestion was to ask some funny questions at the beginning of the meeting. Um, so, Paul and I were on the zoo. Uh, here comes the first little quirky question to get us started. Uh, Paul, do you like your pizza cut into triangles or squares?
0: Clear uh, triangles, I guess, but I don't mind a Grandma Pizza with squares.
1: Okay. Uh, my answer is I prefer a triangle. Okay. I like having a uniform pizza with a crust. And a tapered down
0: end. Damn, that is quirky. I feel like I know more about you already, Adrian.
1: I know, right? Because I don't want like an all cheese slice from the middle of a pizza. You know what I mean?
0: Can I ask you a question? How do you like your waffles cut?
1: Uh, I would do it along the grid. So I would cut it into fourths and then cut it. No, I would cut it into triangles, wouldn't I? Yeah. I'd cut it like I- a pizza.
0: How do you like your pancakes cut?
1: Pancakes I would also do in triangles. Okay. It's a lot of cutting things in half, cutting in half, and cutting them in half, and cutting them in half, and cutting them in half. So you just get smaller and smaller triangles.
0: I think, for some reason, waffles, triangles, but that's because they do have the grid that you cut along. Yeah. But pancakes, I kind of go in randomly. Like, I kind of just cut off a bite, then cut off another bite, then cut off another bite. And I'm, I, I work my way into the pancake.
1: Damn. I feel like I know you better
0: already. Yeah, th- that that's a really stupid uh, question. I, you might as well ask me if... Uh, oh my god, if... Th- <laughs> If they ask if a hot dog is a sandwich, I'm gonna fucking blow my brains out.
1: No no no. This is still in subset part one, but we're doing five quick questions. Uh if you were a circus performer, what would your circus act be?
0: Oh mm. uh, I would uh I would be one of the ten clowns of the clown car. Hmm. A bit big for that, but just yeah, tall wise. That's, that's what makes it impressive. I do like that. I would be,
1: um, you know, like the bearded woman, but I'd be like the man who can't grow a beard very well. And every day I would show up to work and just have like a really scraggly bad looking beard and just let people gawk at me.
0: I would be the uh, manager of the circus. That's, that's how you let everything (laughs) else on the team know that you want to be the manager.
1: (laughs) I'd actually be the CEO of Circus Incorporated.
0: (laughs) All right. I'd be the people who whips the freaks to keep them in line so they don't escape. I'd be the money guy. (laughs) I would just take the money at the
1: door. (laughs) What weird food was your favorite as a kid?
0: Okay, I'm trying to think. Corporate world, corporate world. I'm trying to impress these people. I'm trying to, you know, uh, show off, make myself. I'm trying to work my way up at the company. So I have to seem impressive. Uh, Gold coin. Like the chocolate gold coins. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah.
1: Mine was uh, a cherry tomato and arugula pizza.
0: (laughs) did you really like that as a kid that is a weird thing for a kid to like
1: no but the reason i know that is because i I was uh at trader joe's and there was a family coming through my line and it was like i think a couple of kids that were homeschooled and they were talking about how their favorite pizza was like the arugula and tomato pizza for trader joe's and i was like i don't think
0: i liked anything other than pepperoni pizza until i was like 20 <laughs> so I, I was like 16 a <laughs> this is what homeschooling your kid does to them turns them into little freaks
1: we had a lot of homeschooled people work at Trader Joe's, too, man. I don't know. It, that place just attracts those, that kind of folks. Um, all right. What is your favorite kitchen
0: appliance? The apron, because you know I always got my clout fit on. Got to keep it clean. My man, my man.
1: Mine is a rubber spatula made by OXO, but it's just a great spatula, man. Like It's easy to wash, easy to clean. It slaps things around in a pan really well, and then whenever you scramble eggs in a bowl, it does a really good job of getting every single, like, last bit of egg out of the bowl, so I'm always very satisfied by that.
0: Damn. Shout out to Oxo. Yeah.
1: All right. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Last little icebreaker question.
0: Paul, you can do anything you set your mind to. Mm. Hmm. Mine is,
1: you can't study for the SATs.
0: Wait, who told you you can't study for the SAT? That's really fun.
1: But that was a uh, like a common uh sentiment around like SAT time it was like you can't study for standardized tests.
0: You what? 100% you can study for the SAT. Yeah, that's
1: Did you get the prompt, Paul? <laughs> yeah, no, that was definitely like a thing people would always say in high school like around that time when it was time to like study like cuz we had like a whole ACT SAT prep course. Um, and people would be like, they'd repeat the exact same thing that I think their parents heard, which is like, nah, can't study for the SATs. It's all random, kid. (laughs) Um, okay. And now we'll do, oh wait, that one's visual. So I'm going to take that one out. Okay. All right. We'll see how this works. This one's called waffles and pancakes. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with waffles and pancakes. And during your turn, Paul, you can take one of waffle and or pancake. And replace it with something that you like better. So you can say, uh, I like pancakes better than waffles. So I'm going to take waffles out and replace it with puppies. And then I'll get those two things, puppies and pancakes. I'll get to choose my least favorite of those two. And replace it with something that I like better. Uh, And we'll do a few rounds and see what we're left with. I think this is supposed to be a group game. Where like by the end of the whole thing of the group, you get like the most thing that people like. But uh, it's just you and me. So a lot of these Zoom things are a little hard with just two people. Paul, waffles and
0: pancakes. What are you taking out? I'm taking out waffles. I like pancakes more. Um, and I'm going to put in... Uh, what do I like more than pancakes? I'm going to put in a um, a breakfast sandwich. Ooh, I do like breakfast sandwiches. All right, breakfast sandwiches
1: and pancakes. I'm going to take out pancakes and I'm going to put in blowjobs.
0: Mm, breakfast sandwich and blowjobs. I'm going to take out breakfast sandwich and I'm going to put in... Decolonialization of Palestine. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Okay, decolonization of Palestine versus blowjobs. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out blowjobs and I'm gonna replace it with world peace.
0: I feel like you broke the spirit of the game because you picked something that includes the other thing in it. It's like uh
1: So we agree that I, I picked the best thing?
0: Well, no, because then I would say that I'm going to replace decolonization of Palestine with world peace and a blowjob, like, together. <laughs> like, I'm getting blown while the world is peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, I can't beat that. I'll admit that you won that game. <laughs> um, all right, our next little icebreaker is a little game called What Would You Call It? So uh, you can think of whatever you want, Paul. Give me an item, something in the world. And I will tell you that if, if, if I had discovered it or invented it, what I would have called it.
0: Okay. If you discovered a narwhal, what would you have called it?
1: Do you mean like, uh, Latin species wise, or do you mean like common name?
0: You know, typically I would have meant common name, but you brought up a very good point that you do have like your biology knowledge. So maybe you could come up with the, uh, Latin species name as well.
1: Well, a lot of people just name it after themselves. So I probably would have just named it after myself.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they would have been, like,
1: whatever their genus is, and species would have been, like, Peresicus.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, it's good to know that your ego's there. What, <laughs> what am I going to name it after, like, I don't know, some joke thing or whatever?
1: Horn? Hornicus? Hornboy? <laughs> All right, Paul. If no one had a name for the for a shoe, what would you name it? Paul. Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> you gotta put so my balls on people just
1: step on you every day
0: Um okay no no uh, Sorry I, I I keep trying to use your logic against you To show you how wrong you were with your suggestions But I'll uh <laughs> let me play along um, yeah, That really backfired If shoes hadn't been invented I would call them I'd call them light up shoes Hoping that that would encourage <laughs> people To make more light up versions for adults <laughs> So that I could have shoes that light up When I walk
1: Okay good answer good answer Family feud on that one good answer <laughs>
0: Adrian, if uh, if America hadn't been named after Americo Vespucci, what would you name it?
1: I would name it the Democratic People's Republic of First Peoples.
0: <laughs> good answer. Good answer.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Paul, if you had to name, if you were the first person to invent sausage, what would you have called it?
0: Meaty tube stick.
1: Meaty tube stick, okay. That'd be one of those things where it's like Kleenex, where people think that that's like the generic name for it, but it's actually the brand name that you invented.
0: (laughs) It's actually not a meaty tube stick, unless it's made at the (laughs) meaty tube stick region of France. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, it's just sausage. Otherwise, (laughs) just... (laughs) Wait, so it's still... (laughs) The word still exists. (laughs) Um... How many of these are we going to do, Adrian? If I you had, good. if you had invented rock and roll, I've always thought that rock and roll was a silly name for that genre of music. It sounds oh. way lamer than the genre of music itself is. It also
1: got shortened to rock, which kind of tells you something.
0: Yeah, what would you have called it? I would have called it. <laughs> would you- that would have been shortened to? <laughs> <laughs> um all right <laughs> that music is actually if you play it backwards the devil you can hear him in it
1: so the next one is uh, a game called hot take where you have to give a work appropriate hot take for you and your coworkers to discuss at the beginning of a meeting
0: oh it has to be work appropriate not like not like pussy is better than pussy
1: the instruction specifically said you should air away from controversial
0: topics or anything that might cause a real stir Alright, um, personally? Honestly, I I would say something like Beyonce's overrated, but that seems like with a certain segment of, like, white women, that would actually really upset people in HR would get called on me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I say that there's just, like, 40-year-old white women in tears with, like, reaction gifs being emailed to HR of black women looking shocked and they're like, I can't believe what he said.
1: There'll also probably be a couple gay white men, too. (laughs)
0: Can you start us off here? What would I think
1: be? one of the safer ways to go is maybe food or something.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, being playful with the whole, like, hot dog sandwich shit is uh, is usually a good bet with stuff like this.
1: I mean, I think I was surprised at how much pushback I got on the idea that I think the tater tot is the superior way to make a potato.
0: Oh, over a french fry?
1: Yeah. I think it's better surface area and interior uh, texture. Oh, part of the game is that you have to rebuttal any other rebuttals that you get to your hot take. So any any rebuttals to the uh, tater tot?
0: Mm, my rebuttal would be would be that sometimes they burn my mouth a little if I eat them too quickly, and that's a rare Okay, or but it. you being a little piggy, is it? <laughs> no, wait, That's that's not work-appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they retain heat longer. That's a good thing. That's an argument for why they're good. <laughs> logs. What does want to eat them. <laughs> Um, I don't know. They don't really take condiments as well. They absolutely do. You can give them a little hairdo where you like
1: dip a little in the ketchup and it has that nice little boop.
0: Nah, man, but it's just like, I don't know, you, your finger gets too close to the sauce, you know? A fry has length. That is
1: true. Tater tots, the chodes of the potato fry family.
0: <laughs> also because of like their structure. They got girth though. Because of their structure, they are closer to a sphere, which means that they have more surface area, or less surface area to volume. Whereas a french fry definitely has a higher surface area to volume ratio, which means more of it Depends is Depends on what kind like of fry crispy. you're talking about.
1: What? Depends on what kind of fry you're talking about.
0: Regular fry.
1: They make, like, wedges and, like, steak... Uh, fries or whatever, as well so, as also like okay, like okay. McDonald's well, style fries. What are you talking about? Like, are- there's no variation in fries. I'm
0: sorry if I was talking steak fry. Clearly, I would have mentioned steak fries. That
1: you're being very potato normative,
0: and you're honestly, and I apologize for saying this because I know it's not work appropriate, but you're the one who got us here being a cunt. That's fair. Let's get on with this meeting.
1: <laughs> What's the best way to sell more
0: opioids? <laughs> <laughs> Babies aren't as addicted to opioids as they used to be. (laughs) What's up with that, and how can we change it? How
1: can we best resell the baby formula that we've been hoarding as a company? (laughs) God, this is what I imagine we're going to corporations like. (laughs) All right, now that we're done with our little icebreaker. (laughs) Uh, Did you come up with a hot take, or do you want to move on to the next one? Let's, uh... All right, just a couple more games to go. Paul, I think you know this one. It's a classic.
0: Would you rather? Work appropriate, would you rather? Would you rather? You know what, Adrian? I'm going to ask you a real one. Would you, Are you a beach or mountain person? Would you rather vacation at the beach or mountain? You know I'm a mountain boy. Okay. All
1: right. Thank you for that hard-hitting question, though. I do appreciate that. Paul, can I ask you a, a personal question? Would you rather be given, be given a million dollars or earn no, a million dollars? Be given a million dollars. Through hard work. No, but through hard work, though.
0: Yeah, that makes it even worse. I would like, re- through, <laughs> like,
1: through, like, a good grind set. So, yeah. like, even if you lost that money, you could get it back because you got that grind set.
0: Wait, no, but it's still all within my skills. Uh, are you giving me a grind set? I would rather have a grind set if you were giving me a Well, you'd a grind have to set. assume if you're if you're earning a million dollars, you got that grind set. Yeah, but what if that grind set goes away after I get my million? no that is not how it works oh okay i'd still rather be given a million
1: okay okay here i got you on this one would you rather get a million dollars or get to have dinner where you get to talk with (laughs) jay-z
0: oh i forgot what the internet was doing that that was really cool Uh, all right here's my impression of a company where the boss is a swinger johnson would you rather be fired or have sex with my wife Would you rather
1: never be able to play another video game again, or never be able to watch another movie again for the rest of your life?
0: Never be able to play another video game.
1: Damn. Real cinephile. All right. Any more would-you-rathers? One of the ones that I saw on a corporate website, which I thought seemed horribly offensive, was would you rather be deaf or blind? (laughs) 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 Can you imagine just being the deaf guy or blind guy on that call, on that Zoom call? (laughs) Would you rather be? Would you rather be a colored or a broad? That's the joke from Family Guy. Would you rather be black or crippled? <laughs> In their little friend group. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh, I think that brings us to our last one. So this has been a a jolly old time. I feel like we really broke the ice at the end of the episode. Um. Okay, Paul. So to make this game even, what I need you to do is pick one random item from your room and then. Give me something from my room to pick out that
0: I'll use as my item. Um, okay. I've picked out this weight. And okay. your item will be uh, that sloth that's hanging up uh, behind me. Oh, okay.
1: You. Cool. He was part of my tour costume because we all had uh, little animals for David Attenborough. All right. This is a game called Sell It. So you're now going to take the item that you have in your hand and try and sell it
0: to me. All right, this is a 15-pound weight. I uh, I think I got it for doing Russian twists, um, and I don't want it anymore, so I'll literally give it to you for a penny. So uh, really, you're losing money if you don't take this. You could resell it for more. You'd be stupid. Also, you could bash a man to death with it, I guess, as, as its other utility, if you didn't want to sell it. or use it I don't for think I could. It size. seems too
1: heavy. 15 pounds is a lot
0: for me. Well, you being a little wimpy baby doesn't... Uh, well, wow,
1: I'm really turned off as a customer right now. Well. Also, I'm- there's a guy down the street who's selling 15
0: pound weights for a hay penny. <laughs> well, damn it, I'm going to go there. Let's both go. <laughs> what are we doing here? This part <laughs> sucks. <laughs> All
1: right, good job. Anything else? You want to try a different strategy? <laughs> besides berating the customer?
0: <laughs> That's, that was my best go, man. I'm not a natural salesman.
1: All right. So what I have for you today... Is the kick-ass, razzmatazz, deluxe, meal deal, Pyro Gyro increda sloth. He's a stuffed sloth. His hands are Velcro, so you can tie them together so you can hang from things. He's adorable, as you can obviously tell. Um, He's based after one of the rarest species of sloths. uh, A little South American uh, blonde three-toed sloth. Um, He's a whole lot of fun. uh, And uh he's a he's a great babe magnet like if you go to the park and you got this guy hanging out on your bag or something like that you will attract the ladies like honey to flies flies to honey
0: <laughs> now adrian i have two questions for you mm-hmm. it's a stuffed sloth right so that makes it a stuffed it's not it's, animal. Not,
1: it's not taxidermic or anything
0: but it, it's a it's a stuffed animal of course um it, now my conception is uh stuffed animals are like for babies now, i'm not a baby
1: no, no, no. Do you think that a, a stuffed animal for a baby needs has this much functionality? Yes. He can literally hang on things. He's got Velcro. You can't put Velcro next to babies. This is for an adult. It also comes with a shot of Jack Daniels, so it has to be 21 over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, I forgot to I, say that. I, I have another question, which is... Never mind. Uh-huh.
1: Sold? I'm sold, man. All right, it's only $60,000.
0: <laughs> oh, no, and I have signed the verbal contract. <laughs> you got it at market price. <laughs> what happened to Paul? The stuffed sloth market happened to Paul. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Anything else, Paul? You want to round this out? Any uh, life lessons learned?
0: I'm not going to lie. That was actually a weird amount of fun. Uh, Enjoyed that third seggy.
1: Hey, these Zoom icebreakers, man. Feel free to use them. I forgot to ask, do you guys do any sh- bullshit like that? I feel like the one time I sat next to you while you ran a morning meeting, it was just straight to work.
0: Mm. No, we do have a- actually, yeah, at the beginning of uh, every stand-up, we do do a- uh, which is a daily meeting. We do do like a- the old project manager used to do a thing where they would- uh, read the like day it was so it'd be like today is you know waffles and bourbon day or whatever like they would read through the website of what the fake national holiday was for the day and now we do a silly question mixed with a uh like spinner and it lands on somebody and they answer although sometimes it isn't a silly question and it annoys me it's like shit like would you rather like Sometimes it's like a kind of businessy question. I'm like, oh come on, don't make me do like some interview bullshit right now. Like, come up with something good to say in front of the whole team.
1: <laughs> maybe uh, what what was the last one you got called on for? Um, maybe like what what's your favorite type of pizza? Yeah, uh, you said pineapple just to infuriate everybody.
0: Yeah, I, no, I think I said I like ultimate pizzas. I like a bunch of veggies and pepperonis and sausage. Kind of. Just... All right, Adrian, big facts, no cap, get out. Let's get out of here, come on. Big fact. Field day is a great memory and it's also one of those things that feels like a not a dream, but it like it uh it definitely holds a spot in your mind that you can almost tell that for me at least. I can almost tell that my memories of it are memories of memories or like mm weird assimilations or like stitched together versions of various years of field days mixed with like not quite remembering what happened but more just remembering the emotion the area and a few like clips here and there but um it was definitely like had such a strong emotional response to it as a kid that it still holds that place for me in my mind and i think uh, I think that speaks pretty strongly for it, for, like, what a good idea it is and how much uh, how much children enjoy it. How ubiquitous
1: do you think it is in the U.S.? Because I'm surprised there wasn't more children's TV show episodes framed around Field
0: Day. Oh, yeah, that is interesting that we don't, like, there's no like, movie called Field Day. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah I don't know. Hmm.
0: But then again, you would think Scholastic Book Fairs would have more media around it because it kind of holds that same sort of, like, vague but emotionally, like, powerful (sighs) memory. But it's still not much media talks about it. That's a good point
1: but it's like one of those things where like why are there so many hall
0: monitors on tv and yet i never had a hall monitor but there's never a field day on tv (laughs) dude i always fucking love the idea of being a hall monitor it's like i don't have to go to (laughs) class for a whole block and i just get to wander the halls like why do we not have that
1: (laughs) one of the best episodes of south park is the dog the bounty hunter hall monitor episode (laughs) the hallway monitor I am the dog. It's a big bad dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> that's the one where uh, uh, Kyle's brother sleeps with his teacher, right? Yeah. <laughs> God, that's she such commits suicide at the
0: end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. My no cap is that if you win something but no one acknowledges it, did you really win? Isn't winning just a social construct? Couldn't the whole, wor- whole world just gaslight you into believing that winning isn't a thing? And would the world be a better
0: place? Holy shit. Bruh, you gotta sell that to Black Mirror. That would make a great episode.
1: I am the mind freak. Alright, that's all for me.
0: And Ending music goes here. Oh my Oh my Oh
1: my IO. Oh my eye. Oh
0: my. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Oh my, what? You're digging
1: in his face. Your ass is on my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I'm done.